0: Hi, this is Guru Brando, your host of the Positively Entertaining Conversations podcast, and I'm with my curious guest Q again to finish a discussion we were having about personal boundaries. So, today's conclusion of Thursday's conversation is the belief behind the boundary. Are your core beliefs healthy for you? Why do you value those core beliefs? You must define yourself in a positive way if you desire positive results. Let's see if Q has resistant ideas about himself or if he has set boundaries with growth in mind. What do you believe to be true about yourself? Um,
1: that I don't really, I'm not that great at tolerating um, oversensitive sensitive people in, in certain subjects.
0: Okay, so those certain subjects pertain to, what, LGBT-type topics? Uh,
1: Primarily, yeah, when it comes to LGBT-type stuff, and especially things that are more political and things that uh, are more involving, that have less room for emotional response. Uh,
0: More like, I don't know, like very important subjects, rather. So deeper, deeper things, more meaningful conversations. So it simply is that emotional maturity aspect that you're talking about. Okay. So on that topic, then I want to talk a little bit about, I know you have someone in mind and so I want you to keep them in mind as you're thinking about this. And I want you to tell me what the belief is that you have. Um, you know, in, inside of that. So you said that you believe about yourself that you are not very tolerant of people that aren't emotional or emotionally mature. Yeah. So within that belief lies, I guess the understanding, not belief, but the understanding that they have their own experiences. Yeah. And so do you. So that's why you said certain topics and those certain topics, you either avoid like the plague or you can have a conversation about And the ones you can have a conversation about are the shallow. Yeah, the end more of the shallow ones. Yeah. And so you're at the stage now where you're kind of seeking deeper meaning in relationships, you would say. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So why do you feel like you have to censor yourself then sometimes in order to come across as, As friendly or to fit in to belong to that group if you find that their emotional maturity is lacking Um, why try so hard in other words
1: yeah I it's because it's it's sorry fly (laughs) yeah it's um it's it's not worth it to uh, attempt to like reason with them, because it's like, I'm interested in how they are as a person. And so, of course, if I am interested in them, I want to assimilate with the group a little bit. And so, you know, it's not worth it to be uh, shunned from the group over wrong think than it is to just, you know, shut up and just go with the more shallow things and see okay. how their life is.
0: Okay. So you're choosing then to be a little frustrated in the moment. To provide you with the sociability but, of the rest of yeah, the group.
1: but in return, I, I gain all that, yeah.
0: Yeah, so you would say then that works pretty even for you. Yeah. Okay. But,
1: you know, sometimes it comes; it'll come up at some point, you know.
0: And that's what I want to talk about. When it does come up, then why do you avoid speaking that language, your language? Why do you avoid that when it comes up? Because
1: you know that saying where it's like um, don't ever go down to an idiot's level or else they'll beat you with experience? Yes. It's exactly that. Uh, They not that they're idiots. It's just that um,
0: they're ignorant to the idea. They're ignorant.
1: Yeah. They're ignorant to any ideas that oppose their own and they all continuously support each other. Kind of like it's just a chain. And so you have this whole group against you. It's the whole thing of you know uh, McCarthyism uh mccarthy mccart i can't
0: is that right couldn't tell you not a clue what you're talking about
1: mccarthyism i think
0: okay when, go with it when america, someone will tell us yeah, tell us someone if will, it's wrong someone will
1: tell us right uh but it's when america was so afraid of the commies that they started you know did you just say commies yeah <laughs> the commies okay them. anyway and that and so you know people Continuously accuse each other of being a communist, so they would be arrested, or you know the government will go after them. Okay. You know, and there's the whole, you know, it, it's just a more so that's how it modern feels version to you. of the Salem witch trials. Yeah. So, yeah. So so everyone how it feels yeah, they, they're just less mature ideas bounced around so long. Now submits. I say
0: that that's just how it feels to you yeah, because obviously you, you don't have experience in it because if you did, then you would be able to say. I know this to be true. Therefore, I isolate myself from this person. But see, because you're not a hundred percent that that would be the experience. So we're just going to say that you avoid it because it's the path of least resistance. Um, yeah, but
1: most importantly, it's, it's what I, it's all, I only do that if I believe it's beyond saving. Right. And if that's, I'm sure that I'll be able to, you know, still remain on good terms with them and be able to like logistically explain myself, even if they only have emotionally charged responses, you know, then it'll be fine. I'll do it. I just, um, I won't go after them. I'll only do when it comes up.
0: So are those boundaries healthy for you?
1: Yeah, they've been fine so far. It's just, I don't know, actually maybe not because it's just a frustration that builds up over time. And so I don't know when I'm going to explode on them.
0: Well, how does that make you feel, though, in life? Are you gaining any new perspectives? Because you can't always be the one offering perspective. Yeah, because then you Um, stay
1: exactly stuck where you are at some point. It becomes not worth it because they their amount of perspective to offer, like just goes down over time, whether it be the fact that
0: or let's say it goes a different direction than your perspective. It um, doesn't necessarily go down because once you have experience and knowledge, it's hard to just lose that no, experience. No, 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 I don't mean knowledge. lose it. I mean like that
1: what they're offering, like they just stop offering at the same rate they used to, and it just kinda goes down more and more okay, so until that it's sounds, just like they're not offering enough and you in turn you're just getting frustrated. So
0: it sounds like then the the paths are going different directions. If that's what that means. Well, uh, that's exactly what that you know, means. And, and, it means one person grows one way and the other grows the other way. And, and I try to, you know, it's choice.
1: Yeah, and I like. I I stick around, you know, I I try to see what's up. I try to like actually keep looking into it because surely you know, it's not that
0: bad. Oh yeah, they're still a person. But only you can decide what is truly worth your energy to invest in. Yeah, and you have to decide those people for yourself.
1: And, you know, and that kind of thing is just a last ditch effort. Like okay. I'm going to sift around in the sand a bit more and hopefully, you know, there's just, it's, it's just yet another hidden goal. And see,
0: and that is a belief that you have. Yeah. And that is the belief that drives you to continue to try to stay on their level. Do you understand that? Yeah. And when I'm in, so, so wait a minute, do you fully understand that? That that is your attempt to belong at their level still to continue to give them chances. Yeah. You know, that's sort of the self sabotage for my you. Life. Yes, you have. It, yeah. So you just had an epiphany. That was a lot of my friend groups when it's I was always, in elementary yes. school and
1: when I was in like early middle school. Because at some point in the friend group, I realized these guys aren't very good at this, you know, like thing that I'm doing at. they're not. Oh <laughs> I didn't God. know what it was called. I didn't know what it was called. Like, I just at some point realized that I don't feel like I'm talking to someone that's completely rational, like it's, you know, a child. (laughs) If you're too childish, and and
0: I pick up on it, but I don't uh, say anything uh, about it, and I just keep going with them. And that has been the struggle throughout your life, is you've always been the little old man. And you used to stop at the nurse's office every single day in elementary school just to give a, a daily report on how you felt. And she's the one that actually would call us with the daily Quentin report, and and they called you. Yeah, they called you the little old man that's, when we were in Germany. Everybody so knew so you. Sweet.
1: Yeah, um, I didn't. I had no idea of that. I don't even actually remember
0: doing that. Well, what grade was I in? Uh, it, Miss Gitze's. I was in third grade. I don't remember there doing that know. in third grade. Okay, so so <laughs> yeah, see, that it's awesome. funny because now you understand. You know. Um, mm but if you isolate that belief that you just talked about the sifting of the sand yeah okay so explore that belief just a little bit and say how has that truly affected me and how is it affecting me moving forward now that i'm becoming an adult so how is it affecting you is it still working for you um sifting to see what's at the bottom yeah it works for me but i'm still working on mastering it to where i know when to stop like it sounds like to me that you kind of want to be a leader and an example to people but you don't know how um because you're being met with resistance
1: i haven't like the way you put it uh before like i I, because, I wasn't doing the thing where I'm showing them. I'm just saying. Yeah, right. You're just talking. I'm not practicing what I'm preaching. Exactly. And, and I it, need to do it in front of them. Even if I do, I need to do it in front of them.
0: Yeah, and you know, or you need to talk more about your successes that you've had while doing it. And that's kind of the whole idea of if you want some emotional maturity out of your friends, you have to provide emotional matru- I, yeah. maturity for them to see, not to hear, for them to see because especially teenagers learn much better by example than we give them credit for, you know? And so that's such a huge aspect of it. And I don't want you to forget that Yeah. because, you know, just like the guy walking across, they're trying to walk across the street, but he can't walk across the street because no one's there holding his hand. He's 17. He can drive, you know, and once you not just say it but you actually do it you drive past him you know and you're like hey i'm driving you get out of your car and you say okay look i could walk across the street without holding anybody's hand you know they then soon get the picture of oh holy crap if that person's 17 and they can do it then most likely i can do it they see that it's safe and that if you're a person that they trust and that's where the whole investment talk comes in if you're invested enough in other people they'll invest in you so if you find that you don't have good quality friends it's because you're not investing in good quality friends yeah you have to actually find good quality that you defined so you have to define the emotional maturity that you can tolerate you know what you can't tolerate so what emotional maturity are you looking for Mm. i
1: I always look for people that are a little older. I have a lot of friends that are like 19 to like 22. Um, And, you know, I'm not exactly saying, you know, oh, I'm cool because I hang out with the big kids. I hang out with the adults. Right. Uh, I'm just saying that, you know, it it happens that a lot of kids my age just – are just more emotionally immature. Well, but this is literally to be like fair about the point that they're all turning to you know a little more, a little better. Um, but to, ways to deal with emotion.
0: But to be fair, you don't really, you, you had a difficult time even identifying emotions until recently, and we can give a shout yeah. out to Miss Kelly and Miss Carol and every single person that helped you miss Brittany. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody that helped you to kind of discover your way. And yeah, you know, though it's only been this past year that you've really been able to kind of identify what sort of your boundaries are and how they're really fixed. And you're starting to broaden your horizons a little bit. Yeah. And you need to remember though, when you cast that net, you need to know what you're catching and so you want to be in the right pool right so yeah. you don't want to go to catfish if you're just going to catch bass you yeah know? so don't do it the
1: group of kids that are just much younger than me you know
0: well not necessarily just much younger but with less life experience because only through experience you know can you gain real perspective yeah so if you yourself haven't had much perspective as far as this goes, then you have no room to talk, right? So you can talk all the game you want, but they're not going to believe you. You could talk about having trans parents all you want, but until somebody meets us and sees that we're actually normal human beings, that we're not like monsters, then they have no concept and they have no idea that, you know, you're not queer because of that, you know? So it really comes with the tolerance that you have that you define yourself. So that's why I asked you, what do you believe to be true about yourself? And you said you believe that you're intolerant to emotionally immature, um, people with certain topics. And one of those topics are LGBTQ things and another one is politics. So you have those two dividing factors and they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. And that's why it's a, a trigger issue for you. But that's also why it's a boundary and boundaries are set by beliefs. And your belief is what your actual core belief is that everybody deserves what
1: everybody deserves at least a little bit of investment.
0: Right. And That's exactly what you said. And so you need to think about that. But then you express the idea behind it, which was the sifting of the sand. So that's your healthy view. That's when you go, how much do I value this? Yeah. And so at what point do you, you know,
1: do the lines cross and it just like
0: becomes know, a non-issue.
1: Yeah. it be it's it's no longer like you're no longer gaining anymore.
0: Right. And that comes with your own emotional maturity because right now you're set still at a 17-year-old's intellectual, emotional. Physical maturity, you know? Yeah. Um, and you have such a broad view of things just from moving around, you know, with the army, um, uprooting and meeting new people from everywhere, having two trans parents, going through therapy, having a parent with OCD, PTSD, having another parent, you know, with PTSD. Yeah. But then having us both say, look, we've been doing it wrong all this time and now we're actually living what we preach. So we're practicing what we preach. And just like you said, and you know how that's made a difference for you, right? Yeah. So imagine if you were doing that to them instead of just saying, hey, this is how you need to be socially if you were actually that way socially. Um, Oh, yeah, it would be amazing. So where do you think you need growth in that? in that belief Um,
1: and my, and my whole thing about depression and isolation. I have a lot of friends and it's annoying because like, I know what to do to stop it. It's just gaining the motivation to do it. And I have a lot of friends. They're mostly online. uh, And you know, they're ones that, that, aren't like me they might be my age but they're not you know they're not able to vocalize knowing what to do to fix depression it's like i can vocalize i know how to fix depression it's just hard to it is and but what's it's like they're a step behind me because they don't even know how to vocalize it so they don't realize it yet yeah and so i explain to the like you know Set alarms, schedules. Uh, go outside and go for like a thirty-minute walk. You never know what you you could meet your the love of your yeah, life on exactly. a thirty-minute walk. Yeah, or see a cool turtle. Or yeah, or see a cool <laughs> turtle. Or like you know, see a red bird. Like, you know, who knows? You'll you'll see you'll see nature. You'll see good things, and you may even experience people. No matter how antisocial you are, and you know, I explain that to them, but I never, I almost
0: never actually do it myself. So, kind of in that respect, I want to talk about Momina for a minute. <laughs> I guide you to a treasure that I cannot Yes. Have. That's what that is. Well, here's the but thing. But not,
1: not, not that I can't have it. I know.
0: I, uh, I told uh, the listeners, you know, that I would talk a little bit about Momina and, and how we got together in transition. I'm going to keep it short and sweet, and then if people have questions, they can always message me. I'm open. Uh, for conversations most all the time. Um, So her family and my family moved to Greenville, Texas in 1989. Uh, Little did we know, we only lived a mile apart. Um, So I actually met her in passing first. She was riding her bike around the neighborhood, and I thought, oh, that's a cute little gay boy. And, um, you know, but at the time, I already knew that I was who I was. However, I chose to live my family's um, idea, I guess, for me, which was to live as a woman and marry a man and et cetera, et cetera. I did have relationships with women prior. I was married also to a man prior to uh, Mary and Beth. So, oh. At the same time that we were becoming friends, I was, um, dating my ex-husband. So we never did date. Uh, we just hung out uh, after she approached me in coach music's class in ninth grade and asked if I was a devil worshiper. We became fast friends realizing that we kind of had the same belief structure. Um, surrounding who we were, what our boundaries were, what we would talk about, what we would participate in. So we kind of found solace in each other's darkness, I guess. And um, so it was really nice to have that friend. Um, But I always had hopes that the little gay boy would like me. So then I could be the man that I knew I was. And it wouldn't be an issue. Well, uh, fast forward to us getting married and us living kind of opposite gender roles, except for the fact that she was actually in the army. So that was a little bit of a hindrance, but when she was deployed or she was in the field, it was easy for me to just assume the masculine role of the house. So I was quite comfortable with it. Did nothing for our relationship. However, we both knew privately, um, our, our personal struggles. She knew my struggle with uh, masculinity, femininity, and I knew hers. So it was no big shock to her when uh, I lost a family member and decided that was the moment that I had to tell her I needed to transition. Um, She knew that she would have to soon because the secret would be out and we would be living as uh, men. Uh, gay men in Texas, and that was very difficult to navigate. This was right before uh, the Supreme Court passed um, the marriage equality. So there was a lot of boundaries in our way, but our beliefs held strong as to this is what our end vision was for ourselves independently. And um, we just had to navigate it together. And we have, we did. And uh, she has once said to me, well, more than once, but she has said to me that without me providing that example of a real belief in myself and who I was, she would not have had the courage to then live her truth also. So that's kind of the biggest compliment I think I could ever receive in my life. Um, but that is how that kind of all started and ended up. So we've known each other a super long time. We've been friends through my marriages, through her army career. Uh, she was with me through my divorce and through my parents divorce. So everything plus four kids that we have that we share together. Um, so a lot of history, a lot of love and a lot of future for us. Um, On our next episode, we will be with another curious guest to talk about when our beliefs affect our behaviors and how it makes us feel. Join us Thursday for a thought-provoking conversation on that. Uh, Thank you, Quentin, for being with us. And um, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. And, Quentin, do you have any follow-up comments? you got about... Six minutes I'll give you. Um no jokes though. You're a terrible joke teller. Is there anything truly that you want? No. Is there truly anything that you want to tell the viewers or the viewers, the listeners that you think would really help them as far as their belief structures go? Um
1: acting violently to the other
0: party uh does not help the other party see your perspective so you want the belief to be that calm head calm heads make soft conversations huh calm heads make soft beds (laughs) (laughs) no make soft conversations so if you can calm your emotions you can softly talk You can calmly talk.
1: You cannot have negative exchanges with people.
0: Oh, the negative exchanges. Okay, so I posted on the Sacred Growth Facebook page the unhelpful thinking styles. If you take a look at the unhelpful thinking styles, it will help you work through some negativity that you may be having to figure out kind of the beliefs that you may need to have some growth with. So look at that. If you're on the Sacred Groves Facebook page, if you're not, get there because I have kind of cool posts, I think. At least I like to believe that. But that's a belief, you know, a belief that next time I'll talk about how that affects my action. So tune in then.